chapter seventeen of our friend the charlatan this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org our friend the charlatan by george gissing chapter seventeen pillow propped at her morning studies the humorist of pont street as she glanced rapidly over the close-printed pages of a transatlantic monthly had her eye caught by the word biosociological whom had she heard using that sonorous term it sounded to her with the oxford accent and she saw lashmar the reading of a few lines in the context seemed to remind her very strongly of lashmar's philosophic eloquence she looked closer found that there was question of a french book of some importance recently published and smilingly asked herself whether it could be that lashmar knew this book that he was capable of reticence regarding the source of his ideas she had little doubt and what would be more amusing than to see the coming man convicted of audacious plagiarism she wished him no harm none whatever it delighted her to see a man make his way in the stupid world by superiority of wits and dice lashmar was a favourite of hers she had by no means yet done with him all the same this chance of entertainment must not be lost having gone down rather earlier than usual she found miss tomalin also studiously engaged a solid tome open before her my dear maid what waste of time that is if you would only believe me that all the substance of big books is to be found in little ones one gets on so much more quickly and has a much clearer view of things why no end of poor people nowadays make their living by boiling down these monsters to essence it's really a social duty to make use of their work look for instance at this article i have just been reading recent sociological speculations here the good man gives us all that is important in half a dozen expensive and heavy volumes here's all about biosociology haven't i heard you talk of biosociology but cried may that's mr lashmar's theory has he been publishing it no someone else seems to have got hold of the same idea perhaps it's like darwin and wallace that kind of thing may took the periodical and read why this is astonishing she exclaimed there's a passage quoted which is exactly like mr lashmar almost the very words i have heard him use yet you see it's from a french book this would certainly interest him perhaps he doesn't see the american reviews suppose i sent it to miss bride they can read it together and it will amuse them may assented and the periodical was addressed to rivenoak friends came to lunch with them in the afternoon they made three calls at dinner some score persons were mrs toplady's guests only as the clock pointed towards midnight did they find an opportunity of returning to the subject of biosociology mrs toplady wished for an intimate chat with her guest who was soon to leave her she reclined comfortably in a settee and looked at the girl who made a pretty picture in a high-backed chair i hear that mr lashmar leaves rivenoak to-morrow she said referring to a letter that had arrived from lady ogram this evening i hope he won't be gone when the magazine arrives indeed he comes back to-morrow said may not to london he goes to spend a day or two with his people it seems you don't know them 
not at all i only know that his father is a rural clergyman mrs toplady had observed that may's tone in speaking of lashmar lacked something of its former vivacity the change had been noticeable since the announcement of the philosopher's betrothal more than that the decline of interest was accompanied by a tendency to speak of lashmar as though pityingly or perhaps even slightingly and this it was that manifested itself in may's last remark i don't think it's very common mrs toplady let fall for the country clergy or indeed the clergy anywhere to have brilliant sons it certainly isn't may agreed and after reflecting she added i suppose one may call mr lashmar brilliant miss tomlin had continued to profit by her opportunities before coming to london it would have been impossible for her to phrase a thought thus and so utter it that easy superciliousness smacked not at all of provincial breeding on the whole i think so was mrs toplady's modulated reply he has very striking ideas how odd that somebody else should have hit upon his theory of civilization he ought to have written a book as i told him but suppose suggested may with some uneasiness that he knew about that french book oh my dear we can't suppose that besides we haven't read the book it may really be quite different in its tendency from mr lashmar's view i don't see how it can be mrs toplady judging from those quotations and the article it's mr lashmar from beginning to end then it's a most curious case of coincidence poor mr lashmar will naturally be vexed it's hard upon him isn't it may did not at once respond the friend watching her with the roguish smile let fall another piece of intelligence i hear that his marriage is to be in the autumn indeed said may indifferently between ourselves pursued the other didn't you feel just a little surprised surprised at his choice oh don't misunderstand me i quite appreciate miss bride's cleverness and seriousness but one couldn't help thinking that a man of mr lashmar's promise perhaps you don't see it in that way i really think that they are rather well suited said may again calmly supercilious it may be so i had almost thought that how shall i express it mrs toplady searched for a moment perhaps lady ogram might have made a suggestion which mr lashmar for some reason did not feel able to disregard he has quite a chivalrous esteem for lady ogram haven't you noticed i like to see it that kind of thing is rare nowadays no doubt he feels reason for gratitude but how many men does one know who can be truly grateful that's what i like in mr lashmar he has character as well as intellect but how do you mean mrs toplady inquired may losing something of her polishing curiosity why should my aunt have wanted him to marry miss bride ah that i don't know possibly she thought it knowing him as she does really the best thing for him possibly one could make conjectures but one always can may puzzled over the hint her brow knitted mrs toplady regarded her with veiled amusement wondering whether it would really be necessary to use plainer words the girl was not dull but perhaps her small experience of life and her generally naive habit of mind obscured to her what to the more practised was so obvious do you mean said may diffidently that she planned it out of kindness to miss bride of course i know that she likes miss bride very much perhaps she thought there would never be a better opportunity 
it might be so replied the other absently miss bride is very nice and very clever pursued may sounding the words on the thinnest possible note but one didn't think of her as very likely to marry no it seemed improbable there was a pause as if turning to quite another subject mrs toplady remarked you will have visitors at rivenoak next week sir william amos is to be there for a day or two and lord dymchurch lord dymchurch the girl threw off her air of cold concentration and shone triumphantly does it surprise you may oh i hadn't thought of it i didn't know my aunt had invited him the wonder is that lord dymchurch should have accepted said mrs toplady with a very mature archness did he know by the by that you were going down i fancy he did their eyes met and may relieved her feelings with a little laugh then perhaps the wonder ceases and yet in another way mrs toplady broke off and added in a lower voice of course you know all about his circumstances no indeed i don't tell me about him please but haven't you heard that he is the poorest man in the house of lords i had no idea of it cried may how should i have known really he is so poor i imagine he has barely enough to live upon the family was ruined long ago but why didn't you tell me does my aunt know may's voice did not express resentment nor indeed strong feeling of any kind the revelation seemed merely to surprise her she was smiling as if at the amusingly unexpected lady ogram certainly knows said mrs toplady and of course that's why he does nothing may exclaimed fancy her provincialism was becoming very marked a lord with hardly enough to live upon but i'm astonished that he seems so cheerful lord dymchurch has a very philosophical mind said the older lady with gravity humorously exaggerated yes i suppose he has now i shall understand him better i'm glad he's going to be at rivenoak you know that he asked me to advise him about what he should do it'll be rather awkward though i must get him to tell me the truth you'll probably have no difficulty in that it's pretty certain that he thinks you know all about him already if he hadn't i feel sure he wouldn't go to rivenoak the girl mused smiling self-consciously i'd better tell you the truth mrs toplady were her next words in a burst of confidence i think lord dymchurch is very nice as a friend but only as a friend thank you for your confidence may you know that i suspected something of the kind i want to be friends with him pursued may impulsively i shall get him to tell me all about himself and we shall see what he can do of course there mustn't be any misunderstanding mrs toplady had not been prepared for this tranquil reasonableness may was either more primitive or much more sophisticated than she had supposed her interest waxed keener between ourselves my dear she remarked that is exactly what i should have anticipated you are very young and the world is at your feet of money you have no need and if lord dymchurch had had the good fortune to please you but you are ambitious i quite understand trust me poor dymchurch will never do anything he is merely a bookish man but whilst we are talking of it there's no harm in telling you that your aunt doesn't quite see the matter with our eyes for some reason i don't know exactly what it is lady ogram is very favourable to poor lord dymchurch i have noticed that said may quietly of course it makes no difference 
you think not asked mrs toplady beginning to be genuinely impressed by this young woman's self-confidence i mean that my aunt couldn't do more than suggest may answered slightly throwing back her head i've only to let her know how i think about anything you are sure of that asked the other sweetly oh quite may's smile was ineffable the woman of the world the humorist and cynic saw it with admiration ah that puts my mind at ease murmured mrs toplady to tell the truth i have been worrying a little sometimes elderly people are so very tenacious of their ideas of course lady ogram has nothing but your good at heart of course exclaimed the girl shall i confess to you that i almost fancied this might be the explanation of miss bride's engagement miss bride how i only tell you for your amusement it occurred to me that having set her heart on a scheme which had reference to lord dymchurch your aunt was perhaps a little uneasy with respect to a much more brilliant and conspicuous man had that been so it's all the merest supposition she might have desired to see the brilliant and dangerous man made harmless put out of the way a gleam of sudden perception illumined the girl's face for a moment wonder seemed tending to mirth but it took another turn and became naive displeasure you think so broke from her impetuously you really think that's why she wanted them to be engaged it's only what i had fancied my dear but i shouldn't wonder if you were right indeed i shouldn't now that you put it in that way i remember that my aunt didn't care for me to see much of mr lashmar it amused me because to tell you the truth mrs toplady i should never have thought of mr lashmar as anything but a friend i feel quite sure i shouldn't i quite understand that replied the listener the corners of her lips very eloquent such a thing had never entered my mind pursued may volubly and with emphasis never it may have entered some one else's mind though interposed mrs toplady again maturely arch oh do you think so exclaimed the girl with manifest pleasure i'm sure i hope not but mrs toplady how could my aunt oblige such a man as mr lashmar to engage himself against his will you must remember may that for the moment at all events mr lashmar's prospects seem to depend a good deal on lady ogram's good will she has a great deal of local influence and then by the by is mr lashmar quite easy in his circumstances i really don't know may answered with an anxious fold in her forehead surely he too isn't quite poor i hardly think he is wealthy isn't it just possible that something may depend upon the marriage mrs toplady's voice died away in a considerate vagueness but may was not at all disposed to leave the matter nebulous if he is really poor she said in a clear-cut tone it's quite natural that he should want to marry some one who can help him but why didn't he choose some one really suitable poor mr lashmar sighed the other humorously if he had no encouragement my dear may but he didn't wait to see whether he had any or not what if he had very good reason for knowing that lady ogram would never 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 consent to something we needn't specify but may ejaculated surely he needn't take it for granted that my aunt would never change her mind if it's as you say how foolishly he must have behaved it doesn't concern me in the least you see i can speak quite calmly about it i'm only sorry and astonished that he should be going to marry well after all 
we must agree that miss bride isn't quite an ideal for him however one looks at it of course it's nothing to me if it had been i think i should feel more offended than sorry offended that he had taken for granted that i had no will of my own and no influence with my aunt it seems rather faint-hearted i admit the dialogue lasted but a few minutes longer may repeated once or twice that she had no personal interest in lashmar's fortunes but her utterance grew mechanical and she was evidently withdrawing into her thoughts as a clock in the room told softly the first hour of the morning mrs toplady rose she spoke a few words about her engagements for the day which had nominally begun then kissed her friend on the cheek don't think any more of it may it mustn't interfere with your sleep that indeed it won't mrs toplady replied the girl with a musically mocking laugh appearances notwithstanding may told the truth when she declared that she had never thought of marrying lashmar this however did not necessarily involve an indifference to lashmar's homage that the coming man should make his court to her she saw as a natural and agreeable thing that he should recognize her intellectual powers and submit to her personal charm was only what she had hoped and expected from the first after their conversation in the supper-room she counted him a conquest and looked forward with no little interest to the development of this romance its sudden termination astonished and mortified her had lashmar turned away to make some brilliant alliance her pique would have endured only for a moment lord dymchurch's approach would have more than compensated the commoner's retirement but that she should merely have amused his idle moments whilst his serious thoughts were fixed on constance bride was an injury not easy to pardon for she disliked miss bride and she knew the sentiment was mutual seeing the situation in the new light shed by mrs toplady's ingenious conjectures her sense of injury was mitigated the indignant feeling that remained she directed chiefly against lady ogram who seemed inclined to dispose of her in such a summary way constance naturally she disliked more than ever but lashmar she viewed with something of compassion as a victim of circumstances were those circumstances irresistible was there not even now a possibility of defeating them not with a view to taking miss bride's place but for the pleasure of asserting herself against a plot and reassuring her rightful position as arbitress of destinies lady ogram was a kind old woman but decidedly despotic and she had gone too far if indeed lashmar were acting in helpless obedience to her it would be the merest justice to make an attempt at rescuing him and restoring his liberty not without moral significance was the facial likeness between lady ogram in her youth and may tomalin one who had seen the girl as she sat to-night in her bedroom brooding deeply without the least inclination for repose must have been struck by a new vigour in the lines of her countenance thus though with more of obstinate purpose had arabella tomlin been wont to look at moments of crisis in her adventurous youth the clock was pointing to two when may rose from the velvet-seated chair and went to the little writing-table which stood in another part of the room she took a plain sheet of note-paper and with a hand far from steady began not writing but printing certain words in large ill-formed capitals have more courage aim higher it is not too late at this achievement she gazed smilingly the ink having dried she folded the paper and put it into an envelope which she closed then her face indicated a new effort she could think of only one way of disguising her hand in cursive 
the common device of sloping it backwards this she attempted the result failing to please her she tried again on a second envelope this time with success the writing looked masculine and in no respect suggested its true authorship she had addressed the letter to dyce lashmar esq at rivenoak nine o'clock next morning saw her out of doors in sloane street she found a hansom and was driven rapidly eastward before ten she sat in her own room again glowing with satisfaction End of chapter seventeen